You already know the vibes. You know the energy. I'm okay. I'm alive. If you've seen what I've seen, you already know what it is. Death is the greatest experience that one can ever have. You see the beauty in it all. You see the amazing finale. You felt that energy. And you already know. The way we communicate is all wrong. It's all bad. It's primitive. And you got to watch the things around you, the energies, the things that you let into your life. These little black mirrors we hold in our hand, the mirrors that be in our house, all that stuff. They're all portals. You got to be careful where they're placed. What's up, y'all? Said Crack. It's After Hours, the official podcast. I know I scared a lot of people couple weeks ago who follow me on social media. And I'm sorry. I apologize. I was searching for things and I'm glad I searched for what I searched for. I found something special. Uh, and I'm actually joined by a very special guest today. My manager's on the line who was the most worried, you know, initially because she didn't have no idea 100% what I was doing. Uh, and it was good. Hey, it was good. So, uh, yeah, you weren't in Cancun, huh? Nah, who's doing that? Well, you know, the retreat, right? Um, well, <laughs> you know, the, the retreat, you know, I kept it vague and generic. That's kind of how I roll. I am a secret Asian man or a secret agent man. That's a completely different thing than secret. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's just say that the phone was off the hook. You're giving quite a few people heart attacks. Um, yeah, we're happy you're alive. So um, when you say the phone was off the hook, like who was actually calling? Everybody. Who's everybody? Everybody, everybody, from station to station to friends to friends. What's what's going on? What what head crack? You died. That was the post. You died. Okay. Um, there was multiple heart attacks. You're very loved, and um. Well, it's good to be loved. You scared people. You scared people, and definitely was in Cancun. Okay. Well, I'm sorry for anybody who I I, I scared. Um, if anything, you should be happy for me because you know I, I found. One of the I found the answers to a lot of questions that I've been looking for so what, my whole what, life. What what type of retreat was this? OK, so this was an ayahuasca retreat. And just to give you a short, uh, you know, Cliff Notes version of the history of ayahuasca. It's not a drug, as a lot of people would uh, lead you to believe. It's an ancient medicine. It's been around for thousands of years, um, you know, places like Brazil, Peru, uh, you know, a lot of places in South America. This has been a part of like their ancient traditions for a long time. Um, ayahuasca has been used to help cure people with PTSD, uh, addictions, um, anger issues. I mean, even like, you know, from a dietary standpoint, it just gives people energy and it just helps, you know, repair a lot of things spiritually that's wrong with people. Also emotionally, that's wrong with people mentally, that's wrong with people. And, uh, and, and also enlightens a lot of people and sometimes gives you that spark that opens up your third eye to make you see a little bit more than what we're seeing with the two eyes that are in front of our brain. Say what? You know, so and, and this is something I've been trying to do for about a year and some change. And, you know, because the devil is a lie, it still worked itself out because, you know, before I took this job, you know, like hosting the morning hustle, I was going to do it before I started the gig because I had a lot on me going into the new gig. OK, so was this something that you feel like, well, first of all, did you put your life on the line? Was this something that you did? Did, did you put your, Do you feel like you put your life on the line? Well, I think anytime you get in a car and go somewhere, you're definitely risking your life. So that was probably the most dangerous part of the whole experience. Okay. Research. You did, you did, you did your research. Yeah. I'm sure. Like research, you, 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 you looked into it because people need to do that, right? They need to research, make sure that this is something that they need to do for themselves, find out like the pros and cons. You did oh, all absolutely. that. I'm not stupid. Okay. I'm not one of those, hey, try this. Sure. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. how probably people got hooked on Coke. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, you know, I watch countless documentaries, hours and hours of vice specials about ayahuasca. And then also just talking to people firsthand who have tried ayahuasca and how it's improved their life for the better. And knowing some of these acute abilities that I already have, I knew that this experience could only possibly enhance what I already know within myself. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever 
practice any other forms of mindfulness? I mean, you didn't just come across, oh, I'm going to go on this retreat. Have you, have you done yoga? Have you done there's meditation? Been a lot. There's been definitely a lot on that way. Um, okay. Done yoga. Sometimes it's boring. <laughs> you know, after a while, like, you know, they call it yoga practice for a reason. You never become a master at yoga okay. unless you're a teacher. You know what I mean? And don't take okay. no time off because like all them poses is going to be new. Like you'll get through warrior one, downward dog, maybe child's pose. Everything else is going to be sun salutation. Like everything else is going to be like wild, <laughs> stressful. Right. And I okay. even did hot yoga just to like I could do yoga and work out at the same time. This is great. Did that. Um, I bought it like an expensive light that can okay. trigger altered states of consciousness, uh, you know, trigger astral projections, things like that. And I am pulled in so many different directions. I don't even have time to use the light. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it's dope. You know, I use it sometimes like, you know, there's like a 20, 30 minute setting. There's like, Hey, press this for happiness. I lay on the ground and the light, you know, and I wake up uh -huh. and then I'm good. Um, I have, uh, I've been aimlessly trying to find five MEO DMT, which Mike Tyson talks about, a lot on his podcast because uh -huh. as a person who's followed Mike Tyson my whole life, I see the changes that that DMT did in him, which is, it has a lot of similar parallels to ayahuasca. Okay. Uh, can you explain that a little bit? Okay. So 5-MeO DMT is a, uh, you get it from the venom of a frog. And I know most people once again, oh, sounds like drugs to me. Well, here's the thing. When you die, your brain releases DMT. It is a chemical and uh, you only release this chemical in your brain when you die or when you do an ayahuasca ritual or when you smoke, uh, you, you could smoke DMT and, and don't quote me on this because I don't want to tell people to go because you can actually make your own DMT and I don't recommend this. But what Mike Tyson does is he goes and gets it from the venom of a frog. Like that's the real deal coming from nature. And, mm -hmm. you know, what both ayahuasca and 5-MeO-DMT can do, which is different than smoking regular DMT. Please make that note. Um, it triggers what can be uh, some considered an ego death, an awakening of the pineal gland where you open your third eye and you become aware to a lot more things that are not only going on around you, but also inside of you. You become more of a master of your universe. And when you look at the trajectory of how like things have been working out perfectly for Mike ever since he's been on this road, He's become a completely different guy because at one point in time we thought he was out of here and um i wanted that in my life i wanted that because i am i am physically pulled in a thousand ways by all of these things that i'm a slave to but then i'm that i actually realize i'm a master of all these things and that's why i'm in so much demand so i needed something to help me physically so i can mentally deal with everything short of like yo it's been a long day let me smoke some weed you know what I'm saying? Because that's a that's it's a temporary bandaid. But if I, I knew if I could heal my inner child, if I could heal my soul and become more of more than a physical being. I can do more good for not only myself, but for the world at large that I interact with. So, OK, so can you share? OK, how did you get to last weekend? on an emotional and a technical aspect. Emotionally, what, what got us to last weekend? Who died last weekend? Because you made this reference to you died last weekend. Emotionally, okay. who died last weekend? Emotionally? And technically, how did you get to dying? Okay, well, emotionally, I don't think I died emotionally. I died spiritually. Or a certain part of me that didn't understand the way the world and the universe truly operates. Everybody is so afraid of death that they do everything in their power to avoid it or they run away from it or they, they spend hours grieving and soling over people, uh, you know, and sulking over people who are no longer here. And I was definitely a victim of this because I have had tremendous personal losses in the last four years, just back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Like I was thinking about it today and it's like, yo, like, you know, I have a lot of numbers in my phone to people who I love very dearly who are no longer here. And, you know, and when you lose touch with people or if your last conversation wasn't 
like, you know, nothing like meaningful or you just worry about what they went through or what they experienced when they when they, they transitioned on from the physical to the spiritual, you know, that that weighs heavy on my heart. You know, when I think about how much I love my grandmother and how she died, you know, she died of a heart attack. Uh, my grandmother on my father's side. Uh, that was like my second, that was like my second mom. And I always hated that I wasn't, because she always wanted me to move to Virginia. She's like, she even made a room in the house that looked just like the room I used to live with her in when I was in the Bronx. Like I go there and still have my Big Daddy Kane poster up. She she took my entire room from the Bronx and moved it to Virginia. Just because, you know, just in case you moved there. It's like, yo, I'm like, you know, I'm like, Late twenties now. I don't think I'm moving here. Like, like, I, like, I don't think I'm coming. Like, but uh, but she always, you know, like was my ride or die, and like you know, she just died in my opinion so young and so suddenly. Like it always haunted me. Um, what if I was there? Could I have done something? And the answer is definitely probably no. It's just a time. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, her death always bothered me. Obviously, the you know the loss of my mother bothered me. Um, I've never really got over it. You know, people always talk about Kanye West's situation. Like he worked it and got through it. He didn't take time to heal. I definitely didn't take time to heal because I was battling two narratives at the same time when my mom died, I got picked to go on the Eric B and rock him tour. So I'm looking at it from the standpoint of like, this is what my mother would have wanted me to do. I'm going to do the tour. And my mother definitely would have wanted me to do the tour. But I put 100% into rocking these shows and still showing up to do radio in cities I didn't even live in or was even based out of because I have integrity and I believe in everything I do. And I'm not a person who takes any of these opportunities that I get for granted. So I do a show, be out to three o'clock in the morning, be on the air at six, thugging it out. Because this is what, you know, my, this, I felt like my mom's hands and energy were blessing the things that were happening for me. There's a bunch of people who would have loved to go on tour with Eric B and Rakim. And I got to do it three times. So I worked through it, pushed through it, had a baby around that exact same time, which was also stressful in the midst of everything going on. But because of the trauma of losing my mother suddenly, I couldn't even enjoy I could barely enjoy the Eric B and Rakim tour in the long run. I enjoyed it while it was happening, but I don't remember it anymore. Only thing I remember is Rakim walking up to me and be like, hey, man, sorry about your moms. Shit almost made me cry. Because it's like, that was the first time I've talked to Rakim the whole tour. Because you're like, you know, you hear Rakim on stage, but you don't get to see him really. You know what I mean? So right, like right. when he finally like when we finally crossed paths for that be the first thing that Ross said to me, man, like, you know, and knowing how much I idolized this dude as a kid, it just like, yo, it just broke me all the way down because, you know, like, yo, I love this dude so much. And for you to even, you know, how did you even know who told you? You know what I mean? Like, that's why he's the God MC. No one probably told him. Probably just sensed it. I don't know. Or maybe he was listening because I dedicated, you know, some of the, my songs, you know, during the tour to my mom's. I don't know. And if he was watching, cool, even cooler. So, you know, then then I had a baby and like it all. My mother died and I had a baby in the same week as I'm getting ready for the Rock Him tour. I don't remember none of this shit, none of it. So, you know, I was going out of the rest of like, damn, was that 2017, 2018? I don't, I don't even know what year it is. And I'm great at remembering years. That trauma was so heavy that there's a piece of my brain that's missing, you know, and I found myself finding my smile in other things like, well, my doctor told me I could have Adderall. That's great. Cool. So now I'm taking Adderall and, you know, you just everything's great. What? We got work 19 hours a day. Fuck it. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Because like it's Adderall just fuels a lot of that. And all that was a Band-Aid. All that was a Band-Aid. And then also, too, while all this is happening, I'm on a show that I don't know what's about to happen with, you know, because I'm on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show still at this time. Hey, they might go to Tom Joyner's format. And I'm like, eh, yeah, I don't think I want to play the barcades. I think I'm about to be out of here. I think I'm about to take a year off and go rap, something like that. So, like, you know, there's a lot of stress that comes with that, too. So I needed mental and physical healing that didn't come from chemicals and ayahuasca or DMT 
five MEO at that would have been, I felt that those were the best ways for me to get the, the healing that I needed so I can, you know, thug through and deal with whatever, whatever it was I had to deal with. So that, I mean, that was, you're talking about 2018. So you started looking into it quite a while ago. Yeah. Right? Like it just happened a week ago. So and, you, and were, really you were looking at, into it then. Yeah, and, and, I, and, and I know, cause as stated, your manager, I know you, you were doing yoga, you were doing meditation, you were doing all these things and didn't feel the relief that, that you wanted to. Yeah. And I'm also well, bad at asking people for things like, like, hey, do you know where I could find some, you know, like you know, <laughs> you're looking for something, you know, you're like, you don't know who to ask. And like, I don't know a lot of people who would just know where to get 5-MEO DMT and like, oh, I know a guy who know a guy. And then, you know, and it was just weird. I thought I had to like exclusively travel to like the jungles of South America to go do an ayahuasca ceremony. And I'm like, well, my work schedule won't allow that. So let me just keep chasing it and figure out what's up. And what was it about what your research in your research, what was it about it that stood out that you felt was going to alleviate all that you just mentioned that some of these other, the meditation, that, that all of these other things that you did throughout the course of time we just talked about didn't help? All or maybe these, did help and, and, and you're using a combination of things. Most of these people who I have, you know, like watched documentaries on or her testimonies from years had gone by and they were still better from what they'd done. So I know that I am a fractured human being, but not completely damaged. You know what I'm saying? I have, I have an oil leak. Oil leak can be fixed. Um, so I felt like, yo, this is definitely for me because I have a strong mind, body and spirit. So I know that something like this would not only help me, but also make me more powerful than I already am internally. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely wanted to do it. So, um, you know, fast forward a few months. Okay. We know what the, you know, what the old show that I was on was doing. They offered me my own show and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. I really got to get myself together. So I don't have some sort of mental breakdown because everybody who, who thinks they know me, they'd be like, Oh, head crack. He's such a nice guy. Ah, oh, man. Head crack. Does it ever get mad? I'm mad usually. <laughs> I am usually mad, but I have control over it because I can balance it all from within. Like I could smile and like we could laugh. And I feel like could picture you like, you know, being like eaten by a shark at the same time because that's just how I am. I know how to, I know how to control myself. You know what I mean? So a lot of people have oh, no. I know. Yeah, a lot of people have no self-control. <laughs> I have all of the self-control in the world. So that's why when people like get flipped on by me, they don't see it coming because we were just mm -hmm. laughing. Or anybody who I ever like, like beat up, they's like, I didn't see that coming mm -hmm. because that's just how I'm wired. Like I don't telegraph the punch, you know, like we're good, we're good, we're good. Okay, you've crossed the line of disrespect. Now I'm on your head. And that's just what it is. I'm either chilling or illing. There's nothing, there's no in between. So um, I needed, once again, needed the healing, needed it. You, you make a decision, you're going to go. How do you prepare for this? What, what is that? What do you do? Well, when you leave with your heart, you don't have technical to. Technical things you have to do? No, I mean, when you leave with your heart, you don't have to prepare. Uh, the only thing I had to do was, you know, the uh, shaman, um, you know, uh, Taita Pedro. He has a list of things to not do or eat prior to the ceremony. And I adhered to that. And that was really the only level of physical preparation I had to do. I didn't mentally have to prepare for anything going into it. Because at the end of the day, like, the, the thing I was worried about the most is this going to taste nasty? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what, what, what does it taste like? Okay, so so okay, so you have a list of things you have to prepare. Is that like a day, a week of preparation? It's a week of prep. So like seven okay. days before, like there's like you know things they want you to remove from your diet, like no red meat and some no pasta, no rice, things like that. Um, uh, I think they also want you to ease off any medication you may be on from your doctors. Three days before, they want you to start like bathing in uh, chamomile. 
um, just to like ease and relax your body and mind. So just in case if you are going in with any level of anxiety or distress, you know, you can um, kind of quell that. And then also uh, no marijuana usage prior to uh, like three days prior to the uh, to your ceremony. And those were all easy things to adhere to. The red meat part was hard because I was on another diet at the exact same time. And there's a lot of protein involved. And I was salmon out. Like if I felt like if I ate one more piece of salmon, I was gonna have gills myself. Like, you know what I mean? So like, I, I really hated not being able to like have a burger. Like, and I had just bought bad wow. burgers and steaks from Costco. So I was ready to go in. Then when I got the list, I'm like, oh man, I just grilled these. But <laughs> you know, so I just had to hold them off and wait for a minute. But it is what it is. But it was easy. It was easy request for like such a great spiritual reward. Okay. All right. So now. So you, you did all the pre, pre-rec, right? Now you're on the way there. What do, you, do you have to set intentions? Do you have something in your mind? Anything going on? What are we thinking? Once again, what, what, when you lead with your heart, you don't got to prepare. All I was thinking is like, yo, is it going to be nasty? Because like everything- Was it nasty? Got- so, so you get there. Like- What's a, what's a shaman? What what happens? Are, okay. are you greeted? Like, what, you know, you walk in. So and I, you, I walk in. I walk into like this house. So they rented a house for the ceremony. And um, I'm guessing, and I'm guessing that the experiences are different. Yeah, you know, like all retreats do something different. Preparation is different, no matter all the different plate. So, so like, this is all personal to you. Yes. All right. You walk in. You're in this yeah. house. And, and I gotta I'll, say, it's the most spoiling experience ever because I heard most aren't like this and are in the woods. Like you know, <laughs> shout out to Melissa and her sister Marty, Taita, Pedro, and everybody who was responsible for organizing this first one because it was like in a beautiful house. It was almost a mansion. It probably was a mansion. Okay. Definitely, okay. definitely a mansion in Meridian, Mississippi. If strike that from the record, it was definitely like a mansion, right? So um, the house is beautiful. You walk in and everybody that was there, because you know, I got there kind of late because uh, uh-huh. the ceremony is supposed to start at 930 and like, you know, me. Ceremonies. Uh, like, What's this, what does that mean? I'll explain in a second. So mm-hmm. the ayahuasca ceremony is supposed to start at 930. I roll up in there like 838 because uh, I'm ready to rock. You know what I mean? Let's okay. time we drink. Let's do this. You know what I'm saying? Like I rolled in, but like, you know, everybody was just there chilling, just having just different groups of conversation. And then like, I was just drawn to the energy of this one table it was uh, uh, a sister name. I want to say Rochelle was there. And then um, this other guy named Gavin who had like this magnificent beard, like a wizard. And then like Melissa, the organizer, like everybody was just chilling, just holding court and just like, you know, and it was just very communal very communal and everybody was just awesome. And you just felt like you were amongst family that you just haven't met yet. And that was dope because I'm a people person until I'm not, Um, you know, I love people. I love meeting new people. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's hard to entertain the energy of people who have bad intentions and these people's intentions were great. They all had, you know, different things that they want to work on about themselves and we're all were there for one reason. I think that brought us close. So the actual ceremony, and that's what they call when you actually drink the ayahuasca. It is, um, it is governed by a, uh, a shaman. And in this case, the shaman had an assistant and he also had other people that was just kind of there just to make sure and watch the room and make sure everybody's okay. Um, you know, so like, you know, you, you, they had these pallets for us on the floor so we could just, you know, you know, drink the ayahuasca and just kind of like lay down and just chill, but no sleeping. though. Um, and uh, once he like, you know, they do like uh, some level of a prayer. You have the option to if you're if you if you've done this before, you get to get hit with this thing called arape. And it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a bunch of crushed up plants and a little bit of Peruvian tobacco, and they shotgun it up each nostril of your nose. First night, I didn't do that, because they said, if this is your first time, this ain't for you. Don't do this yet. <laughs> um, so, but like I watched, so the guy with the magnificent beard, uh, he was first in line. He popped up first, like, let's go. And, but cause he's done this before, like a bunch of times. So he takes the shotgun up the nose and he's like, you know, you just see the energy just flowing through him. So I thought it was energy. I'll explain in a minute. Um, So he's like shaking it off. He's like, oh man, he's filled with the love of God. Like, hey, now he's feeling it. Um, 
so you know, so everybody gets their shots or whatnot of the rape, and then um, they call you back up in line to drink the ayahuasca. So once again, my only concern is what does this stuff taste like? So I roll up, I get my shot, I slam it back, and it wasn't bad. It almost tastes like an old smoothie with a little bit of like smoothie, an old smoothie with cigarette butts in it. Um, not bad, huh? Smoothie. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, like, like normally a, that would be chocolate, strawberry, vanilla, like a pomegranate smoothie. Um, and like, so you know how, like, when somebody could put their cigarette out in a cup of water and then they blended it with the cigarette, ash, water, and pomegranate. Nope, it sounds like an acquired taste. How about we leave it at that? As a person who doesn't drink things for flavor but drinks things because of like the health properties, eh, you know, I've had worse. So, you know I mean, so like I, I slam it back. I'm like, oh, that wasn't bad at all. Um, and then you chill, you lay in a bed. And at this point, I had done radio because I'm very responsible. So I did my job early in the morning, woke up at five o'clock to do it. Right. So I did radio and I stayed up late the night before, like prepping something for work. So I did radio, took a chamomile bath. I'm tired all the way there. And and it was, then we thought the ceremony was going to start at nine. It started at eleven thirty. So at this point, I am on the ropes. And as I'm dozing mm. off, uh, Taitha's assistant, Anthony, kept like, you know, like would wake everybody up that would like doze off, like, no sleeping, no sleeping. And I'm like, ah, this is the worst part. Cause I was so tired. And at this point, all I wanted to do was sleep. So I'm waiting for something to happen because I go into this with no expectations. Like, am I supposed to see ancient geometry and shapes and stuff like that? Like, what's supposed to happen? Because, you know, everybody I talk to, not everybody, but some people I talk to about DMT, they talk about seeing, you know, ancient geometry or, yo, I see it's a grid. There's a grid over the planet. It's weird. There's people looking at us from, you know, from up there. Like, we're, we're an experiment. I've heard so many just different stories and a lot of people's stories who align that have done DMT. So that mm-hmm. part is actually crazy to me. I had it. That wasn't my experience. So still, within the first drink, I'm just waiting for something to happen. And so far, nothing, except I'm tired. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying my best to stay away. And I'm cold, too. I'm tired and I'm cold. So that's like hell. If I went to hell and could be tired and cold, that is the way that the universe would punish me for anything I did wrong. Look, nothing else is happening. You're just chilling. It, it's dark. You're cold. Mm-hmm. What about people around you? People, have- Some people around me are throwing up yeah. already. Okay, so- because oh, like okay. when you when you take the DMT or when you take the ayahuasca, I'm sorry. When you drink ayahuasca, you will throw up, possibly shit yourself, oh or like cry. Like everybody has a thing, or a couple things. Pleasant. It doesn't. Why does why why is such a spiritual awakening sound so painful? <laughs> why I mean, does it sound so? Throwing up and shitting on yourself and all I of mean, that, like throwing up isn't painful. To me, it's kind of pleasant. Not saying that I'm a a, a bulimic <laughs> or anything. I don't stick my finger in my mouth to try to puke or anything. That's not like, me. Like, is there is there meaning behind that? Is that like is that purging? Are you getting rid of some toxins? That is what they call it. They call it purging. So anytime okay. you spit that stuff up, they call it purging. And uh, people were purging all around me. And I was just like, hey, thank God all my years of eating White Castle has fortified my intestines <laughs> to the point the way like I am not affected by anything that this ayahuasca is doing to these people because I don't got to go to the bathroom. I'm not throwing up. I'm, I'm just tired and cold. That's all. Is it possible that the cleansing is to help with that? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? But then it was time for the second cup. OK, so now it's time for the second cup. And for those that don't understand a ayahuasca ceremony, you know, you get the first cup, then you get the second cup. And if you were about that life, um, you know, you're in a shook one, you mess with the arape to, uh, you know, like, you know, calm you down and open you up a little bit more. So I, I get up, I get the second cup. And at this point, I'm not last in line anymore. I'm like middle, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I know what this is about. You know, I'm good to go. So I drank it and it was fine. And then I laid back down on my pallet. And I'm like, okay, so what's going to happen? And you lose reference of time. There's, there wasn't a clock on the wall. Uh, at ayahuasca ceremonies, they don't want any electronics 
in the ceremony at all because they say that Mother Ayahuasca does not understand electronics. And I didn't want to be responsible for hindering anyone's experience. So I didn't even bring as much as my my Fitbit. You know what I mean? I didn't even have my watch on. So what is Mother Ayahuasca the shaman or is that? The no, Mother Ayahuasca is like, I guess, like, you know, the like the spirit of the situation, the spirit of the, spirit of the and, and that's something I'm going to have to learn a little bit more about. But they always refer to Ayahuasca as a woman and uh, that she is the person who like opens you up and gives you the, the insight and gives you this enlightenment. You know what I mean? Uh, whether it's being a, a shepherd taking you to, uh, you know, even higher up to where you get to have a conversation with God or, you know, whatever, like, you know, ayahuasca knows what needs to be fixed with inside you. And that's why they call it the medicine or the medicina. I don't know if they call it the medicina. I just, I, I took Spanish one and two, but. Um, medicina is indeed the Spanish word. <laughs> all right, cool. So I was paying attention. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm laying there, I'm, I'm on my second cup. People throw it up and, you know, the cocky side of myself is like, pussies. You know what I mean? Because, like, I'm like, why is it, like, why am I not throwing up, you know? <laughs> oh, um, you're waiting for your turn, huh? <laughs> I just felt like it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yo, like, I mean, it's almost like a symphony of... <sighs> I mean, like, everybody's just going through it. Everybody's just going through it, going through it, going through it. And I'm like, well, I guess, you know... I, once again, I just guess because of my years of just bad eating, like this doesn't affect me the way it affects them. Cause like my biggest, okay. I, I had two concerns. Concern one, how would it taste? Two, please don't shit yourself. Cause I just didn't want to be one of those people. You know, I bought just enough clothes with an extra pair of underwear just in case. Cause you never know. You never know. Um, and <laughs> now, you are in a room of people you don't know. Like you are in this, you went into this, by yourself like i went into it by myself okay yeah I mean, you've met these are all new people to you new people but i tell you all their energies are familiar okay. like even since the um even since the ceremony i've been co in contact with most of these people like if there were 20 people at the ceremony i have talked like eight of them since the ceremony because they're all dope they're all dope um so you're waiting for your your turn to purge in Waiting for my turn to purge or and actually at this point, just thinking it's not going to happen. I'm still trying to like wait and see if I see shapes. And I know that <laughs> I have amazing things happen to me sometimes when I go to sleep, whether it be an astral projection or a, a lucid dream or just visions of things to come. Like, you know, so I wanted to close my eyes and kick that off. And like, as soon as I close my eyes right on cue, Anthony's like, no sleeping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Anthony's like a big brolic. He's like a young dude, but he's strong. Like, and he probably don't even lift weights. He's just, he's just strong. Like, you know, probably from like, I don't know, like, I don't know, carrying like the souls of, I don't know. He's just strong. So like, so are, you man, to keep, are you supposed to keep your eyes open? How do they know? Like, how do they know you're sleeping versus not? Like, are you? I mean, I don't have all the answers, Sway, <laughs> but maybe if your eyes open, they know you ain't dead. So, you know, okay. I, I don't know the logic, you know, like, I'm just like, they just whisper in your, like, no sleeping. Okay. Yeah. It, Cause it wasn't in the bylaws, like no sleeping during the ceremony. It wasn't in there. So like, I just know I'm tired and I don't know what time it is and I'm cold. You know what okay. I mean? So okay. I'm in hell. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the, so, so I'm chilling and I'm just trying to like turn different ways just so my body can move. So I'm like, like not so comfortable that I'm like really struggling to stay awake. And then I started to feel it. Bubble guts. I was like, oh, there's some activity, you uh -oh. know, in the, in the uh, Southern region of my stomach. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, and all things in life, man, I'm a very private person. You know, everybody in the room is like pretty much throwing up in their bucket because they give you a bucket next to your palate because they know what time it is. You oh, so you're not, this isn't a, a get up and go to the bathroom situation. It, it was for me because uh, because they, 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 people weren't necessarily shitting in front of each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like they, they were strategically placed bathrooms all over the lower quadrant of this place that we were staying in. And they were upstairs bathroom, like literally the overflow room. So the, um, I, you know, made it to the bathroom safely, threw up pretty heavy, you know? And I'm like, whoa, okay. Well, I guess 
you know, I, I wasn't as, uh, you know, intestinally fortified as I thought I was, you know what I mean? So I, I threw up, boom, there that go. Um, and then I went back to my pallet and laid down. I'm chilling. All right, so what's going to happen? I've thrown up now. That must have been the trigger. That must have activated. What's going to happen? Still nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Now, all the while, I do hear, like, people in the back moaning because I guess, you know, whatever they're, they're wrestling with, they're wrestling with that. Um, you know, I hear some people crying. I hear more people throwing up. And, you know, that's their experience, right? And I bet you if you were interviewing them, they would tell you a story about what, you know, what was going on with them. But, you know, for me, it, it nothing was happening. And then after a while, and once again, I have no concept of time as all this stuff was like taking place. Um, the person next to me who I met when I walked in, uh, I, you know, cause like anything I did, cause when I was cold, she noticed I was cold. She offered me her electric blanket uh, that she had for her stomach. And I was like, yo, I thought we could have electricity. And he's like, yo, the lady said it was cool. I'm like, oh, great, because I have an electric jacket. All I got to do is just press this button right here. So I did have my electronics. So, like, I turned my electric jacket on, and now I'm good. I'm comfortable. And then, um, so, like, I don't know how much time left, but when she got up and walked away, I was like, yo, you're a good person. She's like, thank you. And then that was it. And then shortly after, everybody's like, hey, you know, if you want, you can go back to your room. I'm like, okay, perfect, good. So when I stand up, I... And once again, I don't know how much time went by from the point where I said you're a good person and got up in time to go. I feel like I am Pinocchio and Geppetto. Okay. It's pulling my strings to get me up the steps. I did omit a part in this story where I go, I went to the bathroom again and it was heavy. Like it wasn't even throwing up. It was like downtown activity. And uh, I was in there for quite a while. And uh, that's part of the process, right? So after I do that, come downstairs and it seems like, you know, with the throw up, it kicked off something. And then with the number two, it kicked off something. So as I'm going back upstairs to my room, I just feel like I'm being just guided by strings and like, uh, like I crawl in bed and then like I roll over on my back and then I just start laying there and then it happens. To infinity. What yeah. it is... It's difficult to explain in words, but I will do the best I can. All of a sudden, I wasn't communicating with actual words anymore. It was sounds. It was moans. It was eh, like silence, communicating with silence. But my sounds and my and my and my uh, my communicate. It's all frequencies now. It's not words. And I heard the people downstairs talking in the kitchen, but they're not talking on my frequency anymore. I'm on a different frequency now. So all these words that people were saying on the floor below me, it's all gibberish. And, but they're talking. And they're, not, and they're real people. These aren't spirits or deities. Like these were the, because I saw the people in over the balcony as I was going upstairs because it's a big ass house. You can see like the kitchen from like the third floor of the house, right? And I'm looking, you know, so I know they're there and I hear them talking, but this, this shit ain't in English. It's not even in human. It's gibberish. It is gibberish to me. I am not drunk. I am not high. Gibberish. And I only attribute it to I switch frequencies. And sometimes, you know, when people be speaking in tongues in church, this is how, you know, I make it relatable to people who who only understand Christianity or Baptist churches. You know, what do you think speaking in tongues is? It's not an actual, you're not saying actual words, but you're saying something in a different frequency that maybe everybody else don't understand, but it makes perfect sense to you because you switched your frequency. So, that's the best way I can explain it to people who have that experience. Cause I've never had that happen to me in church. And I've always just wondered like, as a kid, like, wow, like, you know, you know, what's going on to where th this triggers in you. And this is a thing. And you're really going through this experience. But now that I'm older, I get it now. Okay. There's levels to this thing. 
and it happens, I think, in a lot of different religions. And everybody points the finger at everybody else's thing and says, your thing is wrong or your thing is demonic or blah, 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 blah. But it's all like have it. It's all about having conversation with a higher power. Now, but the but the experience that you just went through is not classified as a religion. Like this um, whole thing is not necessarily a religion. It correct? is a it is a religious ceremony. This isn't like a bunch of people like getting high in the woods and tripping on LSD. This is not that. They, they okay. pray. They have a, a, a religious figure overlook the the ceremonies. You know what I mean? They okay. they they ask you to like you know come in with the best intentions, pure of heart. And 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 your eye on or your mind and your heart on whatever you feel God is. So, you know, like so don't get that mixed up, you know, because a lot of people is like, oh man, we was tripping, we did ayahuasca this weekend. No, this ain't you smoking sour diesel. This is something different. This is okay. religious. This is for you to talk to God and, and, and tap into your inner, you know, your inner whatever's wrong with you on the inside. So anyway, so these people are speaking gibberish. And I'm like, whoa. But I respect it and I understand it for what it is. I didn't even ask no questions. I didn't freak out. I didn't panic. I'm like, oh, I switch frequencies. That's what's up. And the higher power in which I was talking to, it's almost like when you plug in your, your, your phone to your computer, right? You know how you got that long cord? You know, you plug your phone, you know, you plug one into your phone, you plug the other end in your computer and either it's charging or transferring data. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt this experience was. And I and I and I can I could pretty much confidently with my whole heart said the conversation was with God. And at this point, God had 100 percent of my my attention. And I had questions. What did it feel like for my grandmother to die? Because it hurt that she died. It hurt me that she died. And it hurt me, her not being here. And his message to me is like, hey, I'm going to show you how good she is now. And I'm going to show you how, what, what she felt when she transferred, you know, when, when, she, you know, when she left her physical and, you know, ascended. And it was the most beautiful thing I've ever felt in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was there for the birth of all my children. I have gotten a lot of opportunities that people would, you know, cut off the tips of their thumbs for. I've, I've gotten awards. I've gotten money. I've gotten driven almost every car I want. I've, uh, you know, I, I've entertained a lot of beautiful people. Nothing matched this. It was the most pleasant and beautiful experience I ever felt in my life. And even the moments of her heart stopping, it was beautiful. The experience was beautiful. She's at, she's at peace. There's no pain. And she's having more fun now and feeling more love in the spirit world than she ever could have possibly being a physical being on earth. And that made me okay. But I still had more questions. What about my mother? Who selfishly, I could say, I told the doctors that if she codes, you do everything you fucking can to save her. You hit her with the, you hit her with the electric shit. You do everything. And they're like, you know, when we do that, they'd be in a lot of pain. You know, do you want your mom's last moments on earth to be pain? And I said, you do whatever you can to save my mother. I don't care. And, you know, and, 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 me, and me and my sister both touched and agreed on that. Like, we felt like, hey, this is what we wanted. The doctors were wrong. I felt the EKG. My body shook multiple times. God gave me that sensation of what that felt like. And then when her energy transferred, it was beautiful. All she knew was love and peace. All the things that, you know, she was a slave to here on earth, shit was out the window. You know what I'm saying? And the, 
she knew peace. She truly knew peace, you know, in the moment of her leaving earth. And she knows nothing but love and peace now. And I feel her love flowing from within inside me, you know, even with my grandmother, man, like, you know, cause I, I have a house, um, you know, she, you know, she willed it to me and my father. And, you know, I felt my mother's spirit. I felt my grandmother's spirit hug me when I left my house, when I, when I left, when I left her house for the last time, because I was renting it out to people. Cause it like, it was no longer serving me. It took me, it took me a lot to be able to go there for anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, it's the place my grandmother died. I don't like this place anymore. I would burn it to the ground if I could. Not really, but it's just, it just, it didn't serve me anymore because I just looked at that place as just like a scorched earth. Like, yo, like, why wasn't I here? Like, you know, what, what could I have done? You know? So, but as I left for that last time, I felt my grandmother hug me. You know, I felt, I felt them. And, uh, you know, and, and, and this is way before the ayahuasca experience. So I knew she was okay, but God telling me this directly assured me that she's okay assured me that my mother was okay and i'm trying now i'm trying to rack around my brain like all right cool who else i want to make sure is good right and uh i couldn't think of nobody but i really love biggie smalls hey what did it feel like when biggie smalls died and the energy i felt too was he was shocked and disappointed in the moment but he was happy because he he felt like he was on top of the world in the moment. And, you know, all these things that were hanging over him, all this negative energy, all the stress, all this beef, it's over. It was like a relief to him. The energy on that one wasn't as strong as the other two because I only know him through his music. I never met the man a day in my life, but I felt what it felt like for him as well. And, you know, someone listening to this might be like, this dude is crazy. Hey, my story is my story. And, I have no really, I have no reason to make any of this up. You know, like I, I'm not in the business of telling public lies. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, especially when I'm trying to help people. So, um, you know, you know, your loved ones are good. No matter how traumatic their exit from this physical experience may have been, your loved ones are good. And I felt that three times. God showed me that. And, you know, and, and it really gave me an overall sense of peace. And that's why at that very moment, I tweeted what I tweeted. It wasn't that I physically died. I felt what it felt like for people to die, for you to die, for anyone to die, you know? And, uh, and under three drastically different circumstances. My grandmother died of a heart attack. My and my mother was in the hospital for about a week, you know, uh, battling pneumonia and was like in a medically induced coma. Um, Biggie was gunned down. I don't think, you know, like short of like burning up, burning to death in a fire, dying in a car crash. I don't think there's anything more traumatic than that. So if that transfer of energy could also be in peace, why couldn't anything else? Especially like, you know, someone who dies in his sleep. I would just imagine it having the world's most beautiful dream, you know, that they're still having right now, you know? So that was that, uh, you know, in the moment. And then, you know, and then coming out of that biggie experience, um, you know, I'm still trying to decipher what's going on downstairs in the, in the kitchen. Cause I'm still not on their frequency anymore. And I'm like, when does this end? Um, there was other, you know, there was a few other things that happened that like, you know, like enough time has escaped me to where like, I don't distinctly remember them, but I wasn't sleep during any of it. I was wide awake. I never, I, I didn't go to sleep during any of that. These, these were all eye open thoughts and eye open conversations. Um, I couldn't go to sleep at that point because I was like the phone tethered to the computer, the computer being God. I'm the phone, a smaller version, but I'm getting the information. I'm doing a spiritual data transfer, if you will. And, you know, when I woke up, I'm, I mean, not when I woke up, but when I got up out of the bed after, you know, the interaction, because uh, I had to throw up again. <laughs> so that's another reason why I was, uh, you know, why I was still awake too. So I throw up again. So I went to the bathroom, I threw up 
And um, when I was coming out of the bathroom, I stopped and looked at the mirror. And this is another revelation that just got really interesting. I see myself in the mirror and, and I don't know if like, you know, sometimes like when people have sex, they say like dopamine gets released in the body or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like something also gets released in the body when you throw up too. <laughs> um, a whole lot gets released from the yeah, body. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's dopamine or what, but so uh, after throwing up, I, you know, I was like, you know, I had like, you know, just a, a jolt of energy. So I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, look at yourself. You just got finished throwing up. Pick yourself up and you go back to work Monday and you 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 fucking be in charge of this shit. And um, and I look at myself in the mirror saying this and it's almost like the person on the other side of the mirror is the one putting these thoughts in my head. Because now my third eye is wide open. And that's why a lot of times, and I never understood it when people said it, be careful when you open your third eye, because if you're not ready, you're going to be open to too much energy. There is things happening around you that you cannot even see in this moment that we're talking about right now, but they're right there. It's right there. Mm -hmm. I am a person who has grown up a majority of my life catching shadow people in the corner of my eye. You know what I'm saying? So I'm aware that I'm never alone. And I don't know if these shadow people are good or evil, but I know they're there because I see them. I see them, but I know that I have power over them and them not power over me. So they never bother me because they know who's boss me. So as I'm looking in the mirror, I'm like, whoa, you know, like it, as the, the conf, cause the, the, the person is like, yo, you go back to work. You show them who's boss. That wasn't me. That was cause I'm tired at this point. That was the person <laughs> on the other side of the mirror. But then when I realized that, whoa, where'd you get all this energy from? Then my body just dropped. And then I like, I like, I like, I grabbed to the, you know, like the, uh, the, the counter of the bathroom. And and then I like I looked in the mirror again and I just started looking at myself and I'm like, hey, that's me. But that's not my face. Hmm. And at the, and granted, I have been high before. I am not high, <laughs> not high. And I'm looking at my face and like, you know, my face is changing right before my eyes in the mirror. Uh, my face is like normal. Then my face is like started like like melt a little bit and then it catches its form. Like, I don't know if you ever see these videos on YouTube and stuff like that, but like, yo, such and such is a reptilian. Look at him shape shifting. Right, um, right. Another thing to unpack on another day. I don't know where yeah. I'm at on that, but it's a thing. Google it. Um, anyway, so I'm watching my face kind of change forms in the mirror. Like, you know, then my head like grows to this big size and then my face is little. And then um, I see myself as an adult. I see myself as a child. I see myself as an old man. I see myself- Is any of it talking back to you? None of it's talking back to me, but I'm also noticing a slight lag in the movement. Okay. Like if I move, moves like half second later, Mm, you know? And and, and as I was trying to process everything that was happening, it's like, yo, maybe I was on such a higher frequency that I'm literally moving in God time to where like I'm a step ahead of- Mm -hmm even things that are happening in this dimension. And I know mm-hmm. as some of y'all are hearing this, y'all like, this is the weirdest <laughs> comprehensive stuff, but it'll take you having an experience like this to understand what I'm talking about. It's one of those things where like, where people be like, you know, you know, and I know this may sound dark, but like, you know, rape victims, right? If something sexually, if you get sexually assaulted by somebody, you know, someone who did it didn't happen to, you'd be like, how come you didn't report it when it happened? Well, you have to go through the experience to understand what they're experiencing and so why they move the way they move. So mm-hmm. you can't understand what I went through unless you went through it yourself. So, you know, until you have this level of enlightenment and maybe it'll happen the same order for you that it did happen, that it happened for me. Um, you know, you just have to trust me because I have no reason to lie. I don't do this for clout. I don't do this for attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do it because I feel like there's a lot of people who the medicine can help. I feel like there's a lot of people who ayahuasca can deliver from things that are, you know, that have a grip on people. So anyway, I'm still in the bathroom looking at the mirror and like noticing all these bizarre changes. And I'm just there, just in disbelief. Like, how is this happening? Like, Cause I'm, cause I know what it feels like to be impaired. I know what it feels like to be drunk and I'm none of these things. I am wide awake. I just threw up. If anything, I'm more perked up and pepped up than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was just starting to look into the mirror more, it was a knock at the door. 
and uh, it was a person. <laughs> you know, not a demon or anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was an actual person who needed okay. to use the bathroom because I think they had to throw up too. So, okay. so nothing came out the mirror. Okay. No, okay. nothing came out the mirror. But <laughs> at that very moment, I realized, you know, mirrors aren't a hundred percent what we think they are, and anything that you can transfer your energy or frequency to and through, it's a gateway to other things. And I know they were trying to. Do you think they were trying to make their way in or do you think they were making their way out or do you, you know think what? they were just making their way or do you think they were just making themselves known? It could be all or of those all things. All of the above. It could be, it could be all those things. It could be all of those things. Um, I wish I had every answer. All I could just tell you is a firsthand account of what I witnessed. You know, like I wish I could spice the story up. And it's like, then I started oh. talking and then the mirror's mouth wasn't moving. Right. Like, like it, no, that's not what happened. You know what I mean? That's one of the, like, that was one of the biggest, um, you know, just so that everyone who's listening to this, by no means was any of this ever, ever to be public knowledge. Um, Headcrack and I had a long conversation because of the enormous amount of inquiries to his experience. And one of the biggest topics was this mirror thing. Mm -hmm. um, so like after, <laughs> after this, um, you know, after the retreat, you know, I did a lot of research and stuff about mirrors as portals and stuff like that. Right. And there's a lot of, Feng shui. Feng shui is one thing that has a mirror component and where you place your mirror and energy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so different cultures, um, not even a religious aspect to it, but different cultures and, and, and mirror placement is a big one. Having a mirror placed up against an outside wall uh, and, and having energy coming in and energy being zapped out. So there's a lot about it. And a lot of people were really curious about it. And I know it's a lot to discuss during this particular um, segment of your podcast. Yeah, but no, it, it's, a, it's a lot to unpack. Um, you might want to even start if you want to do your own Googles out there. Uh, look up the 10 minute mirror test. You know, they, they they ran like, you know, a series of experiments of people who like stared at themselves in the mirror for 10 minutes and yeah. they started to see the same things that I saw. And, um, you know, and then like 66 percent of the people that did the uh, the experiment felt that, that there was somebody or something on the other side of that mirror looking at them. And I think there could be something to that because uh -huh. of what I saw. Definitely because of what I saw, I feel like there could be something to that. You know, yeah. you talk, I talked about this in the IG post that I did. Um, babies are way more in tune to the other frequencies than we are mm -hmm. because they're new. They haven't been poisoned by all this like gamma rays and all this, you know, 4G, 5G <laughs> stuff that we're you know, constantly being fried by. Their pineal glands aren't as calcified as ours are because of all of our intake of fluoride, um, you know, and they haven't stared at computer screens and TV screens as much and had their eyes ravaged. So sometimes, you know, you'll walk into a room and you'll hear a baby or see a baby talking to somebody who clearly isn't there because mm -hmm. you can't see them. We animals. They say so they say animals are are um, also pretty and you know pretty connected. Uh, certain animals at that. Yeah, you know, there's. I don't know if it's cats, and and I'm pulling that one out of out of out of the air. But I know people have a thing with cats, or or cats have have something. Um, but if I, if I was to drop this breadcrumb on you right now, uh, I think this will help the 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 concept connect even better. Like the older you get the worse you can read and see things. So just imagine how sharp your vision is as a baby. Mm. You know, we have trouble seeing actual words and they're there. <laughs> so just imagine the things that we can't see that's mm. actually there just because our eyes can't one, pick up on the frequency, our brains can't pick up on the frequency. And, you know, and that's that on that. So sometimes there are different hallucinogens that people can take, which Ayahuasca is not a hallucinogen. It's the medicine. But there's mm -hmm. other things that can open up those third eyes and, you know, and open up these different things within your mind that allows you to see the things that sight cannot see. 
Um, so, you know, so, you know, this ain't just coming from just like some, the ramblings of a crazy person who've been to the mountaintop and I tasted the water, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, you know, the science can back a lot of things I'm saying. Um, Not just science, but like, you know, there's some, you know, old myths back there and they, they originate from way back. Like these are stories way back. They're there for, the, the, you know, why are they there? You know, what was happening way back when? You know, and a lot of us are like reading from a book that's like a thousand years old. And I don't mean that in the best way possible. Like, you know, the, the, the manual which we are reading from is a whitewashed, you know, and I'm, and, and I'm not even 100 percent talking about the Bible, even. At that. You know what I mean? I'm just saying like, yo, the stuff that we are dealing with, like locally, I mean, not locally, but, the, you know, especially like in uh, are we Eastern or Western? Eastern? We're West, right? West, West, East. Eastern medicine is China. Western culture, Western. We, in, we, in, we in Western culture, everything we're doing is new. Eastern civilization is more spiritual than a lot of the uh, the rest of the world. And even when you talk about, you know, our brothers and sisters in South America, you talk about people who for thousands of years, all they had was God. You know what I mean? They didn't have all these extra distractions. People who just got electricity in the last 20 years, all they had was God and nature and they could communicate with animals in ways we wish we could, you know, and we've lost a lot of that ability because we're whack. We're like so. And, I, and I'm, I'm the most guilty. I'm a country. I'm not a country mouse. I am a city mouse. Okay. I am the most guilty of this. I hate trees. Right. So then, okay. So, well, well, hold on. Let me not leave that there. I don't hate trees. Okay. I don't hate trees, but I, I like lights in cities and buildings and malls and shopping and electricity. I never found nature fun. But after this ayahuasca experience, I love going outside now. It's healing. Pressing your feet against the ground is in connecting with earth in a way that you've never connected with earth in a way before it's a, it's a freeing experience and it makes you realize that, Oh my God, the planet's alive. You just happen to be crawling on it. You human ant. The planet's alive. You're the, you're, the, you're, the, you're nearly the dead one. You know what I mean? Right. So, so, okay. So you're in the bathroom, somebody knocks on the door. It, it wasn't someone who came out of the mirror. You leave the bathroom. You continue this experience. Uh, when I left the bathroom, that was kind of the end. By yeah. then, at the, at the at this point, I am more up than I've ever been because what I saw in the mirror just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> okay. And I now have to tell everybody. Okay. And so, that is where you get my tweets. Okay, so we got you got your tweets. At some point, this city person finds himself outside on the grass. And from personal knowledge of knowing you as long as I've known you, right? Soul family here. You, you don't sit on the grass. No, because so, I'm scared I'm going to get bit by a spider and die. Right, right. Okay, so now as we started this, my phone is going crazy. You're sitting on the grass there's these tweets that you are that you've died well let, let me clarify so at this point i've only sent one tweet screenshot that tweet posted it on instagram and then the very next day i did an instagram live talking about my experience did the whole 20 minute instagram live on my stomach on grass which i would never do without a blanket right okay what happened in between there now you're on grass Oh, but like but before I went to lay on the grass? Yeah. Um, okay, so like all the stuff that I told you about before, this all is happening at night. So okay. then after the bathroom experience, I went, uh, you know, posted my first tweet, mm -hmm. sent a few messages out, mm -hmm. and, and went to sleep. Okay. And, Woke up. And slept, slept nor like your sleep was fine. You didn't have any. No, nah, I didn't have like no weird dreams. I had no weird dreams. But when I woke up, I was just charged with just so much energy and just so much hope for she felt different. I felt very different. I felt, you know, like, I, you know, like, you know, I just felt the spirit of love over me. You know what I mean? And I just felt the need to like, hey, man, like, stop taking so much away from people. Not saying that I do, but 
I realized that, yo, we as society got to pour more into each other. You know what I mean? Like we're always taking, we're taking from the well, we're taking from the well. Very suddenly do people pour back into the well. And I feel like the more we pour into each other, eventually it'll be your turn for somebody to pour into you and you could be made fully whole. You know what I mean? But this whole spirit of gimme, 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 what can you do for me is very self-serving and it doesn't help anybody. And it's so easy to help people because like as humans, in most cases, our needs are very, very, very meager. You know, we just want to be supported. We just want to know that someone's there to listen. We just want to know somebody cares. And it doesn't take much for us to do that for each other. We just got to stop being so distracted. And, um, and that is the energy that I woke up with the next day. And I was just comparing notes with everybody else in their set, you know, who had the ceremony and not everybody had the experience. No one had the experience I had. Everybody else's experience was different for different reasons. Cause I'm also there with people who have done it like over 30 times, you know? So like, so, so you, so you're sharing your experiences with each other. So there, so you, you, you get all get back together and. Yeah. Like the only person who wasn't completely like shocked by what I told them, there's like maybe three or four, like, uh, like, like Melissa, the person who organizes the event because mm-hmm. she's been doing this for a long time. Like, okay. you know, I feel like she probably does a rape when there's not a ceremony. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which okay. I'll tell you about the, my rape experience in my second ayahuasca ceremony and third ayahuasca ceremony. I'll tell you about those on the next episode, but you know, leaving this leaving this first experience, you know, I woke up with peace. I woke up with love. I woke up with understanding and I woke up with hope, you know, hope that I can get this information out and tell people who feel like that they're broken and that their their senses are dulled, that there is a level of healing for you that you can go get. And it's called ayahuasca and it's not a drug. It's a medicine. Come holler at the medicine. Shout out to Kins, Kinsman, uh, big shout out to Kinsman Earth, Melissa, Marty, um, Taita, Pedro, Anthony. Um, man, this one guy who like he was like he was the translator, but no one had him be a translator. He just happened to be there. That was just the universe being dope. Uh, you know, like everybody that was there that made the event special. Thank y'all for your energy and thank you for everybody who was concerned and hit me up on social media, uh, everybody who texts me, and most importantly, which we'll unpack in the next episode, everybody who felt my radio signals that I was mentally sending out on my second and third ayahuasca uh, ceremonies that I had on that weekend. So we're going to buckle it right here, do the research, look up mirrors, find out more about ayahuasca. Don't be so judgy. And uh, know that you can be fixed. It's not over for you. And so you in the ground, it's not over for you. Let's work together. Let's figure it out. Anna, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for caring. Thank you for being there where it mattered the most. Thank you for letting everybody know I was okay when I wasn't returning calls. <laughs> it's important stuff. <laughs> and uh, most importantly, thank y'all as well for listening. This is Head Crack After Hours. More of your questions to be answered. So peace and love. <laughs>